This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. So today's the day. Uh, it's a day of celebration. Yay! Today, the world population, and today is the 15th of November, 2022. Today, for those of you listening live, today, the world population is expected to hit 8 billion people on the earth. On this planet, 8 billion people. Uh, yay! So it's three times the population since 1950, eight times the population since the early 1800s. So a lot has happened in that time and a lot of business going on. <laughs> a lot of serious business going on to reach 8 billion people on the planet. Now, for those of you that say, well, it's getting awful crowded. I'm feeling a little claustrophobic. Well, you know, according to most scientists, we can all still fit in the state of Texas. Everyone could fit inside the state of Texas. Now, you know, it would start to get a little crowded. I know because the last math I saw was 7.4 billion people could fit in the state of Texas with, uh, that would put 27,000 people per square mile. Okay, so Texas has 170 million acres. So now at 8 billion people, we're looking at a few more than 27,000 people per square mile, but not that much more. So we can still fit in the state of Texas and be relatively comfortable. <laughs> Right. But I mean, I, I realize that that's just a hypothetical. I got it. However, I just want to congratulate the planet for not spinning off its axis. We now have 8 billion people on earth. I can hear you cheering from here. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. <laughs> I'm looking through this uh, latest email from Peter Diamandis. And if you don't know who Peter Diamandis is, he's easy enough to look up. I mean, he's an entrepreneur. Uh, you know, he's a doctor. He's part of the XPRIZE Foundation. In fact, he started it. Uh, and he is uh, known for the space flight industry. I mean, he's really just a, a really, really smart man. He's written many books. Uh, the future is better than you think. Uh, he has the Peter's law which uh that's how i became uh, uh familiar with peter where he is peter's laws uh the creed of the persistent and passionate mind there are 20 30 laws on his peter's laws list if anything can go wrong fix it uh, to hell with murphy which is where i think he talked about one time where he was reading murphy's law in college and realized no, I don't want the Murphy's Law. If anything can go wrong, fix it. 
when given a choice, take both. Multiple projects lead to multiple successes. Start at the top, then work your way up. Do it by the book, but be the author. Those are the first, uh, you know, the first four or five of Peter's laws. But he does a thing called uh, Metatrend, Metatrends, and uh, he his latest email that I saw, uh, you know, entitled Metatrend Number Two. Uh, he talks about uh, AI, which is what he's into, and he's talking about how good it is for the planet. And he talks about uh, Ray Kurzweil, you know, the futurist and technologist who uh, predicted that in 2029, AI will achieve human levels of intelligence. And uh, so he recently sat down with Ray and they talked about, uh, you know, the predictions and what was happening. And when Ray first made his prediction, uh, that was back in 1999. And they did a, a poll at this conference that the following year, so in 2000. And during this conference, they asked these global AI experts, uh, you know, when they thought AI would achieve human-level intelligence. About 150 people were at this conference. 20% felt that it would never happen. 80% felt it would happen, but not by 2029. The majority thought it would take at least 100 years. Um, that was 22 years ago. Hello. We, <laughs> you see what's going on out there? Uh, yeah. I mean, Elon has predicted that AI will achieve human-level intelligence by 2025. We shall see. But he, in this email, the Metatrends number two, he gives five examples of AI surpassing human intelligence. I would love to talk to Peter. He does a podcast, and uh, I know that he's uh, he's got his uh, his new project with Tony Robbins, Life Force, and they're opening up uh, uh, health for the lack of better term, health clinics. Uh, you know their Life Force program around the country. One of them is here in Dallas. And I, I would love to talk to Peter. I've reached out a couple times and he poo-poos. Uh, I, I don't get a response. So I'm just saying, hello, Peter. I'm here. Jeff Fisher, Chewing the Fat. Love to talk to you. Uh, I'll reach out again. Uh, but his uh, five examples of AI will achieve human level intelligence. Uh, example number one, and he wants to, you to know that it's already here. All right. I mean, it's... <laughs> Uh, you remember the documentary Twister, where the line is, it's already here. Yeah, uh, that is where we're at with AI as well. And we are going to go beyond fast. Anyway, his five examples in this particular Metatrend number two email uh, of AI surpassing human intelligence. Number one, AI defeats a room full of top doctors in a tumor diagnosis competition. Uh, AI designs a computer chip as well as a human engineer and faster. That was in 2021, and the first one was in 2018. Uh, example number three, DeepMind's AI cracks math puzzles that have stumped humans for decades. That was in 2021. Uh, AI beats eight world champion bridge players this year in 2022. Example number five, protein designing AI imagines medicines humans couldn't dream up. Again, that was this year, 
2022. So there are, of course, hundreds of other examples ranging from AIs creating imagery and writings to DeepMind's Alpha Fold tool determining the structures of around 200 million proteins. So the power of AI to augment humans, increase productivity, and ultimately reinvent society is a lot of what Peter is talking about. And I, that's why I want to talk to him because he really believes that humans uh, have long demonstrated a remarkable ability to incorporate technolo- technological aids into new opportunities for growth. So, uh, you know, AI is no different. So he really wants, you know, and believes that we are going to uh, integrate perfectly. AI isn't going to take over us. We're going to use it for a better future. Okay. All right. (laughs) No problem, which is why I would love. I mean, that's why I want to talk to Peter because it's incredible. And we have, you know, 8 billion people on the planet now. So we have to embrace this AI technology to make life better for those of us that are here, don't we? Because for real, it's already here. Okay, that's the future. Now let's go back. Archaeologists have found evidence that controlled use of fire for cooking meals by early human ancestors dating to almost 800,000 years ago, or roughly 600,000 years earlier than previously believed. Pretty incredible. They found this carp skull... (laughs) (laughs) and when you think of cooking and eating i mean you just think about man do you want that roasted carp or not don't you because i know i do so this uh carp fish i guess was two meters six uh 6.5 feet long uh okay Uh, all right uh, the big ass carp. Anyway, it was analyzed by the Hebrew University, the Baralon University, Tel Aviv University, in collaboration with the Ornum Academic College and Israel Oceanographic and Limacological Research Institution and the Natural History Museum in London and the Johannes Gutenberg University in Maine, marked the earliest signs of cooking by prehistoric human to 780,000 years ago, predating that available data by some 600,000 years. Now, we know that cooking is defined as the ability to process food by controlling the temperature at which it's heated and includes, you know, all kinds of methods. And until now, the earliest evidence of cooking uh, was, like I said, 170,000 years ago. The question of when early man began using fire to cook food has been the subject of much scientific discussion for a long time. I mean, if you want to see, I love the movie uh, Quest for Fire. It came out, I don't know, in the 80s sometime. And that was supposed to be some 80,000 years ago. And so they knew about fire at the time. This group was just finally, you know, going to get it. They didn't know how to make it. They knew that once they had it, they had to keep it. There's no dialogue. Well, there's dialogue, but there's not, uh, people aren't talking. At least they're not talking as what we think of talking is. And it won, uh, I don't know, it won an Academy Award and a BAFTA Award for Best Makeup. And I think Ray Don Chong was in it as well. Uh, Of course, Ron Perlman was in it. Of course, of course, 
I mean, he looks similar even today to the Paleolithic Europeans some 80,000 years ago. But that's just me, uh, you know. And again, it's not really a documentary. It's just a movie, but it's based on, you know, 80,000 years ago. Well, we know now, right, that we have fire happening a lot earlier than that. So, you know, we know fish was a uh, huge importance. Yeah, duh. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we're hungry and I don't want to go kill the giant mastodon that's roaming over there. So I'm going to try to stick a sword in this fish in the water that's about six feet long. And then I'm going to throw it onto this fire and we're going to eat it heated up because I don't like it cold, fresh coming out of the water like that. So, and it might have happened by accident. Maybe they caught it, they brought it into the camp, it fell into the fire, and that's all they had to eat. So they pulled it out of the fire and they realized, oh, hey, this is better this way. So go catch another one, bring it back. We're going to throw it on top of this fire and teach people that it's better after it's set in the fire. <laughs> uh, it's, it's very possible. That's exactly how it happened. All right, let's go to the break room. I'm not a scientist. I just uh, pretend to be one. Let's go to the break room. I need uh, something cold to drink desperately. So I saw Yellowstone got uh, like 12.1 million viewers with all their viewers, with all the encore. They got 8 million uh, on the first airing on Paramount Network, which was up 10% from season four. And then that number grew to 10.3 million when adding in simulcast airings on CMT, TV Land and Pop. And then the figure climbed to 12.1 million when adding in Encore Telecast. Now that, I don't know if that's just for the one show or the two shows. They aired the first two shows of season five back to back. And so, you know, they had great numbers. I saw where they had, I found this out after the fact that they had the red carpet event in Fort Worth at the Hotel Drover. Uh, why was I not invited to that Taylor Sheridan uh, in the stockyards at the ISIS Theater? Uh, hello. <laughs> All that a red carpet event for the premiere. And I'm not invited. I'm right here in, in DFW, and I, I'm a little ticked and a little hurt. I'm a little hurt that I wasn't invited to the red carpet event. But, you know, whatever. Whatever. I still watched it. No problem. And then while I'm watching it, I see the promos for Tulsa King with Sylvester Stallone. And I thought maybe I was, you know, hearing the wording wrong because it was saying, you know, now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. And I thought, well, that wasn't supposed to become available till next week. That wasn't supposed to drop till next week. Well, uh, they dropped it this week because I, I went over to Paramount Plus, and there it is, the first episode of Tulsa King. And uh, so I ended up, you know, I, I didn't watch it uh, Sunday night because I have Yellowstone, and then we have Walking Dead, which was the next to the last episode of The Walking Dead. I mean, if you listen, uh, you know that we do Talking Walking Dead with Jason Butchell and my son Maximus. So we have one show left for the the mothership, uh, The Walking Dead. The next weekend is the final show of The Walking Dead. So, you know, I had to catch Yellowstone, and then we went right into Walking Dead. Because uh, the second 
episode of Yellowstone was up against the Walking Dead episode. So I caught Yellowstone. I was waiting for Maximus to get back to the house. He was out uh, doing at another event. So I waited for him to come back. And then we watched uh, The Walking Dead delayed uh, by an hour. You know, we could fast forward through the commercials. Their numbers have been so-so. I mean, it's still the highest rated scripted show on AMC. But uh, they've only been getting, if you look at their actual ratings, uh, you... Uh, know that they have uh, been getting, I, I don't know, one or two million an episode, which is not that really good, not that great for them. However, the AMC Plus app has got, you know, I don't know how many subscribers they have, but every one of these shows drops early, earlier the week before. So people have been watching it on AMC Plus. And this, the season finale, the uh, actually the uh, the show finale next week is not dropped early on AMC Plus. They're doing a whole red carpet event prior to the show. They're doing a special talk show after the show. It's an hour and a half show. Next Sunday night on AMC is Walking Dead night because that's the final episode of The Walking Dead. So you know, I caught that. So then I caught Tulsa King last night and it, i enjoyed it it's fun it's the stereotypical mobster that stallone is playing and he comes from new york and he's been in prison for uh, 25 years and they ship him off to uh, tulsa to become the earner in tulsa this is another taylor sheridan show and i'm sure that he thought the idea uh was all his but it reminds me an awful lot. It certainly is similar to Lilyhammer. If you remember Lilyhammer with Stephen Van Zandt, who played the stereotypical mobster, who had to go to New York. It was had to leave New York and go to the Netherlands, and and then he built up his, you know, stereotypical mobster life in the Netherlands. So it's awful similar to that. I'm sure it's completely different. And Taylor Sheridan did not ever see Lily Hammer and didn't write anything like that at all. He wasn't thinking at all that Tulsa could be, you know, like the Netherlands. Huh, that would be stupid, okay? <laughs> but it was fun. It was worth a watch. I'll, I'll continue to watch it. It was, uh, it was fun to watch. We'll see where they take it. Uh, you know, Lily Hammer, I think, was uh, three seasons. And in, uh, you know, middle by the middle of the second season, you were starting to lose a little bit of, uh, a little bit of the juice. So we'll see what happens with Tulsa King. Uh, we'll see if they, you know, I, I love the, the growth from nothing. And you have the stereotypical mobster. But once you reach the point of him, you know, running the city under his mobster, uh, banner, then where are you at? Where are you at? It's just, it'd be fascinating to see where they go with it. That's all. That's all I'm saying. It'd be fascinating where they go with it. If they, Taylor, if you're busy with Yellowstone or you're busy with 1923, or you've got some, you know, you're busy with the horses down there at the four sixes, call me, email me, chewing the fat at the blaze.com. Uh, just like everybody does. And uh, we'll figure something out. I'll help you out. Okay? I know. I know. You're welcome. And I know a lot of people were still a little ticked that they couldn't see Yellowstone on Paramount Plus. 
right? So uh, Yellowstone is on Paramount Network, but it's not on Paramount Plus. So there were people who subscribed to Paramount Plus that could see Yellowstone. And there was a lot of people that were pissed. They had subscribed to Paramount Plus through their Amazon Prime account. And, you know, you're not watching it there. Prime will sell you the entire season of Yellowstone. I think they probably get, I don't know, 40 bucks for the entire season. And you probably don't, you probably get it the next morning. That's what they did with Dead. I bought a season of Dead like that through Prime. And they would, uh, Dead would air. And then sometime between 2 a.m. and 6 a.m. the following morning, it would upload to Prime. And you bought the season. You would get it. No problem. It would be available to you. But a lot of people were pissed. So uh, they were all wound up because it's on Paramount Network. It's not on Paramount Plus. Okay. And so... Really, what happened was that Paramount had sold the streaming rights to Peacock NBC Universal before there was a Paramount Plus. So they have the streaming rights, uh, Peacock and NBC Universal. Now, if you have a, a cable company or I have YouTube TV, you're able to get it on, I don't know, CMT or one of those other networks that's on YouTube TV. So I'm able to watch it there, but not on Paramount Plus. And I have Paramount Plus through my phone subscriber, my phone company gave it to me free for signing up for some stupid thing. And so I have Paramount Plus. I'll probably keep it. We'll see. Uh, I got it free for a year. We'll see what happens after that, whether I get it through Prime or I keep it through uh, my phone company. I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But a uh, little, little disappointing to those people. It is kind of strange that Paramount Network doesn't stream their shows on Paramount Plus. It's just one of those things, as always, that makes you go, huh, huh. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So who died today? Who died today? John Aniston, the Days of Our Lives star, and yes, uh, Jennifer Aniston's father as well, dies at 89 years of age. If you don't remember Victor on Days of Our Lives, you were not living in the soap opera world at all. He's nearly 3,000 episodes of Days of Our Lives. Man, he was awesome. So, uh, and he uh, he also appeared in uh, Love of Life and Search for Tomorrow. But Days of Our Lives was the was the character Victor. Uh, anyway, uh, Jennifer's got to be sad, so she's sad her dad died, and uh, uh, John Aniston dead at the age of eighty nine. 
Also, very sad news. Uh, who died today? Kevin Conroy. I've been meaning to talk about his death. He passed away at the age of 66. Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. And I mean, he's been the voice of Batman for at least 20 years, maybe longer. I mean, he started uh, voicing uh, Batman in the animated series uh, that ran from 92 to 94. And then he was Batman in various other projects for, you know, 20 years. Uh, His last, his final project was the 2019 animated movie Justice League versus The Fatal Five. And that was Warner Brothers and DC Entertainment. And he's done, I mean, the world loved him as Batman. And he was the voice of Batman. Kevin Conroy. Uh, it was a battle with cancer. Very sad. Kevin Conroy, dead at the age of 66. All right, today's Fat Five, the five headlines that you should uh, you know, be aware of. Uh, Mike Tyson is uh, teaming up with Evander Holyfield to launch a line of cannabis-infused edibles called Holly Ears. <laughs> uh, remember, uh, remember Mike bit Evander's ear in 1997, and uh, so he claimed that if he was on cannabis, he wouldn't have bit his ear. So they're teaming up together, Evander Holyfield and uh, Mike Tyson, with cannabis-infused edibles called Holly Ears. So okay, is it? Hollyfield, Holyfield, Holy Ears, Holly Ears. Not sure how Mike calls it. I haven't heard Mike call it anything. I just read the story. So if I'm pronouncing, I want to pronounce it right. It's either Holy Ears or Holly Ears. Guessing it's Holly Ears, but it's probably Holy Ears. I, I don't know. But I'm sure that the cannabis infused edibles are great. So got that going for us uh google has agreed to pay 391.5 million dollars to resolve a massive investigation what it settled its 40 state privacy investigation why yes yes it did remember how it tracked users locations in the uh and they said well we tracked it even when you shut it off yeah we did that Eh, that was a glitch that was a glitch. I know we gave you the opportunity to shut it off, but we were making uh, billions of dollars on ads because of location data. So you didn't think we were just going to shut that off, did you? <laughs> uh, now, the attorneys generals called the settlement a historic win for consumers. Now, let me get this right. Google generated $200 billion uh, annually uh, from these sales, these Google ad business, and they settled this 40-state privacy investigation for $391.5 million. So the attorneys will make millions, and you will get uh, two or three bucks. So good for you. Good for you. If you were part of the Google lawsuit, you will get two or three bucks. And it's a win for us on privacy, right? Right. Uh, Headline number three in the Fat Five, uh, London. Uh, no longer has Europe's largest stock market. I know, I know. Dry your eyes, London ears. Uh, that distinction, that distinction, now belongs to Paris. I know, I know. Paris is the biggest, largest stock market over London. 
now. So, okay. Congratulations. Congratulations to Paris. Jay Leno has suffered uh, facial burns, uh, and his face is going to likely require skin grafts. He revealed that a friend smothered the flames on his face after his 1907 steam car erupted into flames while he was fixing a clogged fuel line. So he's in the hospital now. He's in uh, the... Grossman Burn Center, which he called the best burn unit in the United States. I guess if you're there, uh, you probably got to call him the best burn unit in the United States. And he missed an appearance. You bastard. He missed an appearance. He said he's going to take a week or two to get back on his feet. No telling exactly how long that uh, that will take. But he thanked his friend Dave with saving his life by jumping on him and smothering the flames. So... Good news that uh, Jay Leno was uh, burned less than he should have been burned, thanks to his friend Dave. Uh, NASA says, uh, we talked a little bit yesterday about it, Artemis uh, countdown has begun. They say they're going to lift it off uh, Wednesday morning. Uh, they didn't. They fixed whatever little damage it got from Nicole. The countdown is out there. It's out there on the pad. They're going to lift it off at like one in the morning or something like that. One o four, I think, is the exact time. Uh, in Wednesday morning, uh, the fifteenth. No, the sixteenth. Today is the fifteenth of November. The sixteenth of November, twenty twenty two, on one o four a.m. I'll take bets on if they actually launch this thing off. I don't know. I haven't looked. I have not looked. At the weather report, I know it's supposed to be cold in Florida, for Florida, and uh, so it are colder, I should say, and so we'll see if uh, that has anything to do with the Artemis launch. But the countdown is on, so good luck, God bless to Artemis. That was your Fat Five, your daily Fat Five. Since I was talking about Jay Leno, now all I can think about is my favorite Jay Leno joke. So before uh, we wrap up today, (laughs) let me tell you my favorite Jay Leno joke. You know, before we wrap up. Here's another example of... I would be so pissed if I was on this flight. So there's a Frontier Airlines flight going to Tampa, Florida. It's diverted to Atlanta, and they had to spend the night in Atlanta. Okay, sure. On the Frontier Airlines flight, we're put up in hotels. Passengers were put up in hotels in Atlanta, and a flight to Tampa was scheduled the next morning. So... I wanted to get to Tampa today. That's why I took the flight. (laughs) Now, I know that there's an internal investigation underway, but I want to know why we had to divert the flight. I would be so angry. I would be so angry. So I don't even know how they found this out, but apparently one of the passengers on the plane was found in possession of a box cutter. Okay. Okay. So let's say, I don't know how they found out. Did he, did he jump up and say, I'm going to start slicing people with my box cutter, you know, possible, but it doesn't, it would have said that if he was talking about harming people with his box cutter 
we just know that uh, they said they found this passenger in possession of a box cutter on the plane. So they landed the airplane, diverted the airplane to Atlanta International Airport, and officials took the passenger into custody. And they claimed that no one was injured during the flight. I would be so angry. Over a box cutter? Come on now. Come on. I know you can do great damage with a box cutter. In fact, I have a scar on my left hand right here. Look at this. I'm holding up my left hand. You can see it. The scar is still there. It's been there forever. Caused from a box cutter. That's correct. What was I doing with that box cutter? Well, I was opening boxes and I missed. And I sliced, this is back in my grocery store days, and you know, where you just turn the boxes, man. You're opening boxes, whoosh, 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 and you whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Oh, that was skin. And it sliced my whole hand wide open. I remember, <laughs> I remember slicing my hand, and it was split open, it was bleeding, and I was like, I swore really loud in the aisleway of the grocery store and a lady was turning down the aisle and as I was sort of, she just backed out and went the other way. It was awesome. Uh, now that I think about it, but I just remember, you know, having to go to the hospital and getting it sewed up. So box cutters can do damage. I know that. But if this guy were to start threatening people with a box cutter, I'm pretty sure people on the flight would have taken him down. Was there a need to divert the flight from Tampa? You know, from uh, They were flying from Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Northern Kentucky International Airport, and uh, they were flying from the Cincinnati Northern Kentucky International Airport to Tampa International. Did we need to divert the flight to Atlanta to, and then stay, have these people spend the night in Atlanta before they could get to Tampa? Because of a box cutter? No, I think not. I mean, I got it. I realize that, uh, you know, the TSA, the Transportation Security Administration, uh, believe that, uh, you know, we take uh, we take security very seriously. Do you? I mean, okay, I don't think he was supposed to get on the plane with his box cutter, right? So, all right, they can, I know that blades are prohibited in the cabin, but allowed in checked luggage. So you missed it while he was going through security. And now we diverted a plane for a box cutter. Oh, I would be so bad. So the Harvey Weinstein trial is uh, still ongoing in Los Angeles. And we have to hear more about Harvey's deformed man part. Uh, it was a fish like <laughs> <laughs> we hear that the model uh, claims that she was never Harvey's pimp, uh, that his man part looked like it had been chopped off, sewn back on. Yeah, we know that. Uh, we know that it was uh, deformed. Uh, we know that uh, he had uh, taken care of business uh, by himself on uh, with uh, one of the stars laying there. Uh, we heard from the governor's wife, um, uh, Jennifer Seibel Newsom, uh, the, the wife of Governor Gavin Newsom, who uh, called it the distorted and fish-like. <laughs> I mean, what are we doing? Okay, what are we doing? I get it. So she claimed 
that uh, she uh, that it looked strange. And they went all through this what it, what his man part looked like. Now she is the fourth woman to take the stand. All right, in the Weinstein case, and I believe she's considered Jane Doe number five for or number four for whatever reason, because we know who she is. Anyway, uh, so she talked about being uh, being raped uh, in this hotel room. She went back. She agreed to meet him in the hotel suite because she wanted to discuss a film project, okay? And, and he could make or ruin your career. Oh, okay. Uh, so... Once we're alone in the room, she said he changed out of his suit and his robe and started to manipulate and threaten her and then uh, penetrated her private parts with his fingers and then his deformed man part. Of course, we have to throw that in there. And he knows this is not normal. He knows this is not consent. Uh, She said that uh, he pushes me back on the bed and his man part is so weird and messed up. He's not staying in. I was just worried about getting some disease. It was gross. Were you? So it says here that she was frozen in fear, so frozen in fear that she put her hand on his man part to try to make him stop. Uh huh. Oh, and then she said, "I just made some noises, you know, try to get him to uh, to take care of business faster. That's all, you know, just the pleasure noises." <laughs> oh, oh, you just did that. Okay, all right, and no problem. So. She says, I just wanted to get the F out of there. Uh, oh, pardon my language. Oh, yeah. We pardon your language. Uh, no problem, Jen. So she wanted to just get out of there, and it was such a horrific act. She couldn't barely get through her life anymore, you know, except for the emails that she sent to him uh, for advice uh, when uh, Hubby was the mayor of San Francisco, you know, except for that. Uh, except for, uh, the, you know, when we're talking about her affair with an aide, (laughs) uh, yeah. Oh, you know, she emailed him about that too. Yeah. Because I believed Harvey had relationships with the press and understood how to handle the press and thought he could be helpful. Oh, okay. So you were okay with working for him with that. Right. But it's okay. Oh, and how about the money that you, uh, made him give you for the campaign contribution? Which they say, well, we gave it back uh, when we found out about the sexual harassment. Uh, did you? Did you give it back because of that? Okay, thank you. She's testifying again. Uh, more testimony from her. I mean, I know we got it. We've been over this before. Harvey's a dirtbag. I got it. But, I mean, it was so terrible. You couldn't say anything then. And you went back to him for advice more than once after this horrific event happened. Okay. All right, and we're to believe you were horrified and he's a terrible person. I believe he's a terrible person. I believe that uh, it was probably consent on your part too, Jen. But I'm not on the jury, so. I know Harvey's already got his, you know, what, serving 20-some years in New York, and he's trying to, which is going to be appealed soon by some of that. And we're going through L.A., and everybody wants Harvey to be, you know, Mr. Bad Guy and left with nothing and die in pain. So probably what's going to happen. So you'll get what you want. Happy now? Okay, I'll leave you with uh, one last law from Peter Diamandis and Peter's Law is the creed of the persistent and passionate mind. And then I'll 
Uh, I know, I know. I told you I'd get to the Leno joke. Back off me, all right? I told you to remind me, but you did, and now I remember, okay? So just remember uh, Peter's Law number 15, okay? When in doubt, think. Could be one of my favorite laws. So the Jay Leno law or joke that I always think about. Jay Leno's got laws too, probably, but uh, they're not as good as Peter Diamandis. But the Leno joke, he was on, I forget what show it was that he was talking about. I was always writing new jokes, and he told this joke. And I don't know why this joke struck me so funny, but it's really funny. <laughs> I may have even told it to you before, because I really, I think it's a good joke. I like it. It's a good Jay Leno-ish joke, all right? So these two guys come up to a giant hole in the ground and there's a brick, a cinder block brick next to the hole with a rope tied to it. And one of the guys says, I wonder how deep that hole is. And the other guy says, I don't know. Why don't you throw the brick in? So they pick up the brick and they throw it in the hole and uh, down it goes, down it goes, down it goes. And all of a sudden running real fast past them is this, is this uh, billy goat and he comes running past them and then dives down into the hole falls down in the hole they're like wow and so a couple minutes later a guy comes up and says excuse me excuse me have you seen my billy goat and the guy says yeah it just jumped into that hole and the guy says that's impossible i had him tied to a brick that's impossible i had him tied to a brick <laughs> all right all right have a good day stream and subscribe to more blaze media content at the blaze.com slash podcasts